Del Rey decoration. <laughs> yeah, you're going to hell. You. I am. I'm giving you guys like a, it's kind of gruesome. I'm giving you all a warning. Hey, welcome back to Mystery Kink. My name's Chris. And I'm Leonard. All right, Leonard, we made it to that time of the year. It's our final episode of season two. I can't believe we have two seasons under the belt. Hell yeah, man, dude. Like, I forgot even when our first season ended. Same time. Oh. I got I, I got super busy and we had to take a break. Our season started in, like, November during my first busy season. And then we ended it during my second busy season. And then this is the third busy season for me. Oh, and now me. Yeah, it's your it's your first like official like like you've been doing the job for a while. Now you know what a busy season looks like. It's gonna be like your first like your second really like get into a busy season. Yeah, I think I would just count it as my first. Even though I when I joined the post office, it was during the peak season. But I'm not gonna count it on that because I only did like three months of it or four months. Then it got like back to regular. So well, that's how long it lasts. So it was only four months. That's why we end the season on October 31st because November. November 1st, peak season starts, hours change, we work harder, longer, faster, and better than any other service around USBS. Uh, true, true. But yeah, man, we're we're going to have some fun tonight. We're doing Hello Screen 2. Super excited for uh, the, the part two here. I love the first one, and I honestly still want to make a uh, part three of Lenny Grabsack, but that might not come until November, but it's okay because Halloween don't end until December 31st. Yeah, I mean, we'll definitely try to get some small episodes in here and there during busy season because every busy season has been different. Like, my first one was insane. My second one was COVID, which was also pretty bad. That's my third one. But, yeah, that's why we end, you know, seasons during during a busy season so we can focus on work and not have to worry about quality of episodes and all that yada yada but we are going to try to get in smaller episodes you know um, allegedly something we're looking at to fill in the gaps between us and our listeners. Yep, we're trying to do our best here, so stay with us, because you know we always got that good, spooky content. So, getting straight into it, we're going to start with the first story, None Your Business. Oh, hey, we're, ain't they remaking The Nun, by the way? No, they're doing a sequel to The Nun. Ah, that's what they're doing, okay. Yeah, it's getting a sequel, which it wasn't bad, the first one wasn't bad, it was definitely good. Um, look forward to in season three of Mystery Kink some nun ghost stories. Oh, there's gonna baby. be some really good ones. So, getting on to none of your business, I'm giving you guys like a it's kind of gruesome. I'm giving you all a warning ahead up though, like before we get right into it. So, it gets kind of bad, it involves some terrible shit that happens to a nun. So, be prepared. Uh oh, Garrett was accused of the murder of a Catholic nun that took place on October 31st, 1981. According to the prosecution that morning, Garrett raped, strangled, and killed 76 year old sister Tadia Benz in a St. Francis Covenant. Now, that last name is pretty cool though. Benz like um, you know sister ben's over there yeah it's pretty cool what's up mrs ben's yeah she's driving a mercedes ben's i don't think nuns are allowed to drive cool cars like that but if they were that would be the car for her <laughs> on november 9 1981 garrett who lived across the street from the covenant was arrested garrett was tried and convicted of the crime he was held at ellis unit north of huntsville texas which at the time held men of the state of texas death row mm. so he immediately was placed on death row before he was even condemned to the crime well i mean you, you just killed a nun allegedly allegedly he was originally scheduled to be executed on january 6 1992 after pope john Paul II asked for clemency. Governor of Texas Ann Richards, a terrible lady. If you wanna, if you wanna see some like Bohemian Grove type conspiracy crap, look up Ann Richards. 
They gave him a temporary reprieve, but the Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles held a hearing on whether Garrett should receive a, a commutation to life in prison, but the death sentence was retained 17 to 1, so... Damn. Only one vote for no, which is, it's pretty hard to go that hard. For real, dude. So one voted no, everybody was just like, now like this guy's, this guy's dying. It was the early 90s. They just came out of satanic panic, which was huge in the 80s where everybody was afraid that everyone was a satanist. And they're just like, you know what? We're not going to have another one of those. Let's just get rid of the problem. Good riddance. Allegedly. Allegedly. He was examined by Dr. Dorothy Anna. Dr. Dorothy Atnal Lewis, who was determined he had multiple personalities as a result of child abuse from his mother, grandmother, and grandfather. So that's a pretty rare diagnosis to have alleged or uh, multiple personality syndrome. Yeah, for real. There's not a lot of cases where they're like guaranteed like 100% this is what it is because there's a lot of like dissociative identity disorders and schizophrenia. There's like a lot of shit out there, dude. He was ultimately executed at the age of 28 at Huntsville Unit on February 11, 1992 by lethal injection. So even with his clemency and his reprieve, he was only saved for another month, month and some change, which is terrible well so we'll think about it this way if they knew that he had like multiple personality disorder why won't they shouldn't they just do a little bit of a retrial texas homie <laughs> they don't care i guess not but like think about it this way i was like for it too until like the you know you tell me more i'm just like well this guy has a uh, multiple personality disorder he's he that's not him obviously you know what i mean he probably didn't even know what was even going on that's possible i mean if it's true if dr lewis is like reputed and she caught it right like yeah that's pretty messed up to put someone who's might not be aware or able to properly determine right and wrong you know what i mean like that's a really bad thing i mean he did something terrible like horribly terrible but the lady was 76 you know what i mean like you know what i mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like he was mentally ill it doesn't mean he should be put down like he's like a like a rabid dog yeah that yeah that's what that's what I thought. yeah well that's what i mean it's just he wasn't all there yeah and they even figured that out and still didn't change their mind about no, it it's te texas will put you down if you're mentally ill they don't they don't got no qualms against it texas is wild mm -hmm. i mean shit they should just come to california no we got enough problems here i mean like a lot of people <laughs> are leaving california for texas so it's kind of the opposite oh true true uh, yeah if you get if you get a u-haul going out of california it's cost like three to five g's to come into california is like a few hundred bucks wow yeah uh, it's it's wild california people are trying to make it hard to leave california but there's a mass exodus well we can see why his final meal request was ice cream which kind of shows that he you know might have been childlike in his mind true you know he didn't order like a steak or like a fat like fried chicken he's like no just ice cream and he's in texas by the way you yeah. would think he would want some meat some barbecue you know like some texas exactly you know, something good but he you know he just wanted ice cream which although one of the greatest ice creams to ever exist is a bluebell ice cream crazy cookie dough it's like amazing they don't they only sell it in texas or the southern states i would i would you know if i knew someone that could ship it to me i would uh funny that you mentioned that uh when i was dating this girl in san diego uh, she moved from vegas to san diego and she really wanted bluebell ice cream and there's none in california but i actually found one spot it's like a little bit up north i think it's like three or four hours away from the inland empire and you actually they sell they, they don't sell the tubs but you could get like a big ass like scoops there and they had bluebell ice cream there and i forgot i don't know if they had the cookie dough one but i'm just surprised that you brought up bluebell because i ain't gonna lie man that ice cream is actually pretty fire
Dude, I bet me and my wife were living in Job Corps in Texas, and uh, we would like whenever we got paid or got extra money, like to just make it a little bit better because Texas sucks. I said it. Uh, we would get Blue Bell ice cream, and that'd be like totally worth living in Texas. In all honesty, like the one redeeming quality about Texas is like San Antonio and ice cream. And you know what? Just thinking about it, maybe this guy wasn't mentally ill. He just knew that hey, Blue Bell ice cream, I'm gonna die. Yeah, maybe, maybe he wasn't. Sounds maybe. like he's a genius. He was just in the right, the rightest state of mind he'd ever been in. <laughs> There's a fake news story that came out about him that his last request was, or his last words were, I'd like to thank my family for loving me and the rest of the world can kiss my ass. But that turned out to be just a fake news story. Fake news. Like, why even make a news story like that? They got nothing better to do in a small town like where they were found. It's just, come on, people. So, soon after, a man named Jesse Quackenbush. What a <laughs> terrible last name for a lawyer. Quackenbush? Quackenbush. The mystery mallard is checking him out. He's like, what? Bush. That's for real. So, he was a director from Albany, New York, who graduated from the University of Houston Law School in 87. And that year, he moved to Amarillo and made the documentary Last Word, which argues that Garrett was, in fact, innocent of the crime. Ooh. See? He argued that Garrett was the victim of an overzealous prosecutor and poor defense attorney, which Texas is known for not getting the best, you know, appointed attorneys. And it was adopted into the semi-fictional horror, Johnny Frank's Garrett's Last Word, which I've never heard of or seen. And I've tried to find it, but I can't seem to find it or really paid that much attention to to care to. I just Googled it and that was about as far as it went. <laughs> yeah, but after his execution, speculation continued to his potential innocence and the humanity of his execution in general. Mentally impaired and suffering brain damage, a mental health expert described Garrett as one of the most virulent histories of abuse and neglect I've ever encountered in my 28 years of practice. So a doctor straight up said, this man was the most abused, subjugated, and disturbed he's ever had to deal with in 28 years. That's pretty damn wild. Garrett was a victim of just all kinds of abuse. You name it, his stepfather did it to him. And it was just, it was a really disgusting, messed up situation for him. His stepfather is the one that should have been put to lethal injection, but they, you know. Yeah. They didn't, you know, the wrong people always suffer. That's what it seems like, to be honest. And the worst part, though, is this information was known and withheld from the jury during his trial. Separate from the issue of DNA evidence found in 2004, linked another criminal, a man named Leonicio Perez Ruda to the murder of Ben. Ruda pleaded guilty to a crime that took place a few months prior to Ben's, to Ben's killing and hit that murder that he committed before the Ben's murder happened was the same thing. Rape and murder of an older lady. Uh, so We can just blame Texas on this one. Dude, Texas just sucks, dude. Like It's just not the greatest place in the world. Uh, yeah, like this whole story happened because it happened in Texas. Although this happens all the time in other states too. True. It's just how it goes though, you know, it's messed up. That's what happens when people condemn mentally ill people without giving them a chance or a thought. Yep. We need we need mental health reform in this country big time. Still. I mean they're working on it, but we still got way oh like way Yeah, it's getting better, like with the you know, the legalization of marijuana and the legalization of mushrooms, like they're giving people the chance and they're giving people the ability to try their own things. Like the previous administration signed in the right to try bill where you can try any kind of drugs that could potentially help or save your life without them being FDA approved. Like there's all kinds of there's all kinds of tools and way better than it was in the nineties, but it's still pretty shitty. Yeah. Well, that was the most gruesome story of the bunch, but I'm trying to get Halloween stories. So we're moving on to a really interesting one, possible assassination. On Halloween. Now you see me, 
is the name of the next story. Who's the most famous magician you know? Uh, man, I forgot that guy's name. That's a trick question because you don't know nobody's name. <laughs> <laughs> the most famous magician to ever live was Harry Houdini. There we go. Houdini. Houdini. Following the famous magician's final performance in 1926, Harry Houdini suffered an injury that led to his death. Houdini was teaching students in Montreal a series of tricks and mentioned that his stomach muscles were so strong they could withstand punches without injury, according to the New York Times archives. It's in the archives. Holy shit. A student then reportedly hit him over the appendix twice without warning, and while he felt fine immediately after, he later complained of pain and collapse right after the curtain fell at his next show. Physicians confirm that the student's punches caused Houdini's appendix to burst and poison his system. What the f- he died on October 31st. To this day, rumors cloud Houdini's death as some claim that he was murdered by spiritualists, a pseudo-religion he continuously tried to debunk. So, if you look up, can you burst an appendix through a punch? You cannot. You can't? No. No, no, no. It's an appendix is an an appendix bursting is from an infection, not from punch. Now you could punch it and cause it to bleed, which can cause an infection, but it wouldn't be as quick as it happened. Mm. Appendixes burst mostly from infection. Okay. So while the student allegedly allegedly killed Harry Houdini by punching him, Houdini had tons and tons and tons of um enemies. Houdini would dress up and pretend to not be Houdini. And go to spiritualists because spiritualism was a huge thing in the early 20s. From the 1890s to like the 1930s, spiritualism was this huge moving moment, uh, movement, huge moving movement, whatever redundant word. But it was a huge movement where people would sell you your loved one's messages from beyond the grave. Oh, okay. So they were like, they were like claimed to be mediums and spiritualists. And Houdini would go and travel across the country while he was doing his like magic acts. And then he would purposely like find spiritualist mediums, go there, and then call them on their bullshit. I mean, it's pretty cool though. If you think about it, he goes into their parlor. The medium starts doing their jab. They're like, "Hey, uh, you know, your your aunt wants to talk to you." And then the, the you know he allows the you know the event to happen. And then he immediately he's like, "You got a smoke machine under there. You got a machine that vibrates the table over there." You got a little thing to turn your lights off under the under there, yada, 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 and just point it out and then make everyone look at these mediums like they're stupid. <laughs> and it actually got to the point where people would protest Houdini. People would come and try and fight Houdini. And a lot of people believe that Houdini was actually poisoned, which would have caused the infection by spiritualists and mediums who he pointed out as being fake because he was so anti-spiritualism. He was honestly anti-magic. Calling him a magician was kind of like a slap. Like he was an illusionist is what he called himself. Ah, so he really hated like all this then basically he he didn't hate it he just didn't want people getting scammed and robbed and ruined i mean if you look through history like some of the most famous like uh abraham lincoln's wife was a huge spiritualist and after his assassination she went and had ghost photography done which is where you take a picture of ghosts and allegedly allegedly there's a a ghost picture of abraham lincoln sitting with her but they figured out how they did it what they did was they took a picture of him that already existed put the film in and took another picture so it is it you know it ghosted him and made him like semi-transparent yeah and you know she spent thousands of dollars in taxpayer money uh trying to prove that ghosts were real and that her husband was still around after his assassination man that's insane I mean, it's just someone who grieving, and I mean, she believed in it beforehand, and if you have a means to an end, why not, you know, keep it going? True, true. All right, let's bring it back to the post office, Lynn Deasley. Oh, shit. The Son of Sam Prophecy. Hmm. 
David Berkowitz, a really bad serial killer, also known as Son of Sam, the reason he's called Son of Sam is because he allegedly, allegedly, was being told by his neighbor's dog to murder people in the name of God. <laughs> I say, all right, since he said bring it back to the post office, if this is about like a mailman or about the post office people, you got crazy people, but not that crazy. Well, we do have a crazy person because David Berkowitz was a mail handler. Oh, he's me. He does what you do, or did what you did. The mail handling part, not the serial killing part. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, going postal doesn't come from Son of Sam, but it's pretty funny that he went postal. I mean, he only did it temporarily. He wasn't there long term. He wasn't there for a long time. It was just a part time gig where he, I believe, he got fired from it. Well, man, the post office don't like firing people. They must have done something pretty bad. No, they don't. (laughs) So while he was incarcerated in Attica Correctional Facility in upstate New York, Supermax Prison, he predicted a murder. Now, David Berkowitz had made up stories, lied. He said there was more than one helping him with the murders, that he was the only one. He would, you know, run up to cars and just blast someone with his gun and then run away. So nobody really knew whether or not to believe him or not. Um, Some doctors thought he was faking his mental illness. Others, like, confirmed that he was mentally ill. There was just a lot of weird stuff that happened around David Berkowitz. So while he's predicting a murder, all the cops were like, shut up, Berkowitz. Like, you don't know shit. What had happened was he had predicted that early in the morning on Halloween, a young couple were going to be murdered. And he even, like, described their flat to a T, their apartment to a T. Mm. Now, the cops were all like, you know, you don't know shit. Like, shut up. Like, you would think it's the LAPD, <laughs> the way they're talking to him. You know, throw back to the chicken coop murders. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened was early on the morning of Halloween in 1981, while staying at their Manhattan home, 39-year-old Ronnie Sisman and 20-year-old Elizabeth Platzman were beaten and shot to death, according to Reader's Digest. Berkowitz had described a cult carrying out this massacre and even described to an exactee the layout of the apartment. It is unclear if Berkowitz's prediction was merely coincidence to his day and the murder remains unsolved. There was no evidence left behind, no murder weapons left behind, just the bullets they were shot with and them being beaten to death. Wow. That sounds like a planned murder. Yeah, it's wild. And it's like Berkowitz had said multiple times, though, that he had accomplices and this should have been like for him to look but he also said he didn't but this should have been like another look at him to open up his case and see what's really going on yeah for real i mean i could i could see why he might know about the apartment layout because he was well you know he was a mail handler he's not no cca how the hell would he know about that unless he's grabbing other postal workers in it no he wasn't working at the postal office at that time he was just um he just happened to be there that's just a fun fact oh oh okay Moving on to another story. That's a really good looking decoration. <laughs> You're an asshole. Chillicooth, Ohio. What one woman thought was a Halloween decoration turned out to be an actual body p- hung up on a fence. I don't mean to, to laugh no, about just, it. I'm, I'm sorry, dude. It's I'm the asshole. I made a pun about it, and you're over here giggling. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? All right, let's go. Police say Rebecca Cade, 31, had been killed by blunt force trauma to the head and neck. Her body was found hanging on the fence in a Chilkuthi, Ohio neighborhood. Dixon at first thought it was a Halloween zombie. Now, this is from Ohio, so I'm going to do the Ohio accent. <clears throat> it was straight out of a horror story, said Dixon. She was hanging on a fence left behind to end up. Donnie Kuchown Jr. was charged with Cade's murder, and he was being held on a $2 million bond. What had happened was this dickhead decided to kill his girlfriend, and he hid the body in plain sight. He attached it to a fence, made it look like a Halloween decoration. And a couple people thought it was a decoration. 
they thought so much that it was a decoration that they didn't call the cops for multiple hours. They don't know if she was dead when she was hung or died after she was hung on the fence. Yeah, that story, like the last couple of stories were kind of morbid, and this one's also morbid. But at least this one, the person decided to end their own life. It wasn't like they were they were murdered or any kind of thing like that. This is the Marina Del Rey decoration. <laughs> Why you can call it a decoration? They called it a decoration first. I'm just repeating their information. Oh, I thought you were. I thought you were naming titles. No, that's the name of the title. <laughs> that's the title <laughs> story. Oh, jeez. Okay. Yeah, you're going to hell. You. I am. <laughs> the body of a 75 year old man sat decomposing on his Marina Del Rey balcony for days because neighbors thought he was a Halloween display. Uh, the man chose to end his own life. He was 75. You know, he had a history of problems. And he just kind of, you know, he got over it and, you know, decided enough was enough and he took his own life. The messed up part is, is though he spoke to his neighbors all the time. He's seen his neighbors all the time. And they kept thinking that he had just decorated his balcony for Halloween because this was around the Halloween time. But like nobody noticed that it uh, probably was him hanging out off the balcony. No, they just thought they thought it was a Halloween decoration. He laid slumped over his balcony table. Nobody thought to think that maybe the elderly man had an incident or an accident. They just thought he had decorated and that he was out of town. Uh, it wasn't until they noticed a stench from the neighboring balcony that they called 911 on a safety check. And it turned out that he had passed away. Well, at least he went off on his own terms. But why did he put himself on the balcony? He's probably chilling in the favorite place of the house, you know what I mean? He's overlooking the ocean, he's chilling, he's relaxing, you know? So how did he kill himself? Shot himself in the face. Ow! Wait, nobody even heard a gunshot? Nobody reported a gunshot, surprisingly. Well, maybe they shoot a lot of guns in Ohio. Oh, no, it's Marina Del Rey. Marina Del Rey, it's, it's a nice area. You ain't, you ain't gonna see no nothing like that in Marina Del Rey. Yeah, well, at least he went off at his own terms. Yeah, this was... This I guess this was the macabre Hollow Scream Massacre. Everything involved death in this episode it was a little wild. A lot of deaths for Halloween. Yeah, I mean, these were all scary stories, though. And what are we before not a bunch of stories? Yeah, man. Especially on Halloween. We love the spooky stories. Oh, hell yes, dude. I've been watching all kinds of horror movies, horror shows, doing my 31 for 31. We're already 20 days in, so I'm not going to list that list. I'll sit here for a minute going, da 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 You did that, you did that last, last year. Yeah, and it dragged. That was a bit much. <laughs> so, but what I can recommend, though, is I just finished um, Stephen King's fairy tale book. Um, last time we talked, I was like halfway through it. I got to say it's a top fiver. I said top 10 originally. But by the time I got to the end, it's a top five. It's really good. It's not scary. It's more of like a high fantasy sci-fi book that he wrote, and it's really good. And well, can you, what's it about? Uh, it's about this kid. He's like a you know he's a he's a sports athlete guy. He's good grades. He's a good kid. You know his dad's an alcoholic who goes into recovery, and an old man down the street has a dog, and the dog's like considered like a Cujo. Stephen King even references Cujo in his own book, so he's out here referencing his own material and his own material. Yeah, it's like a bookception like a reference section <laughs> um and then you know he finds out that the old man's hiding a crazy secret it's not like a, like a rapey or dark or evil secret just the you know a straight up secret that ties fairy tales and the real world together and makes it's really good oh that sounds pretty dope though um i watched uh salem's lot one of my favorite stephen king's books it's also a super good horror movie recently i started the midnight club with my wife We've been enjoying that together. We're only like three or four episodes in. I gotta, I gotta see. Did you see the new Hellraiser? No, but after the last Hellraiser, I, 
I don't care to. I'm not Russian. <laughs> you know what I mean? The last Hellraiser made him a, a perverted Nazi freak, and it was just like, why you gotta ruin shit? Well, I think this one is. It doesn't. I don't think anything about no Nazi shit. Does it? Does this we're one? We're saying it's pretty good. Does this one cut out the last movie? If it cuts out the last movie, I'll go check it out. I do not know. I hope so, because that's what they did with um. That's what they did with Halloween. Uh, canonically, all the Halloween movies that don't have Lori Vallow in it, or you know Jamie, um, what's her last name? <laughs> asking the wrong kid. Yeah, I know I'm asking the wrong guy. But any movie that doesn't have her in it is not canonically correct anymore so like h2o uh halloween 3 the season of the witch which i think is a really good horror movie if you don't consider it a halloween movie because it completely ruins the lore of what michael myers is it like makes it where the masks are the evil thing and not him oh so it's, and it's also kind of like an anthology speaking of anthologies though i said something on the facebook and i got a lot of love and a lot of flack for it well what is it? someone posted one of those dumb groups like oh what's what's uh what's a opinion about horror that's gonna get a lot of hate and i was like horror movies are at their best when they're in an anthology movie so like vhs uh the halloween movie with sam the little trick-or-treater i forget what that one's called those movies are the best versions of horror because they're short they're quick there's less like plot holes and problems in the book movies yeah so I think that's the better way to do horror. Like it doesn't always work because, like, I mean, if you look at a movie like The Conjuring, like, there's not a ton of plot holes, but there's a ton of like, well, if they just got the fuck out of the house, it wouldn't have been so bad, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, yeah. So like with an anthology movie, you have like five or six stories. They're like twenty, fifteen to twenty minutes long. It's just like there's not a whole lot of like, well, if they just got out of there, if they didn't do this or if they didn't do that, like, because they've already done all the dumb shit and now they're dealing with the problem. And that's yeah. the best part of the horror movie. Nobody likes the buildup. Like the buildup's the worst part of the movie. Um, for like, the most get to part. the action already. Not like The Exorcist, because like the buildup to The Exorcist builds up the suspense. Just like you see the faces, you see the weird little noises. That kind of buildup's cool, but a lot of horror movies don't have that buildup. Like I don't know if you ever seen Hereditary. No, but people keep saying it's really good though. It's not. It's good, but it's <laughs> not good like it's a it's a good one and done movie but it's not a movie you're gonna go back and be like i'm gonna watch it again because oh, what's good about okay. it is really uncomfortable it's like um the dude you think the little girl is the main character turns out she's not she actually gets killed pretty early on in and then the rest of the movie is the family dealing with grief but there's a mystery to the grief and it just gets really uncomfortable no oh, well you know me i kind of like uh, uncomfortable movies like and that's why like you know halloween's my favorite season like shit ramps up shit gets weird you know spooky stories are abundantly clear like and we have another season under our belt of researching and looking up stories like like yeah the, honestly the not non-american stories are the ones that like brought back my like skepticism down lower than what they used to be for real dude because like don't wrong like oh, there's nothing wrong with american stories i'm not sitting here like america is the terrible country like it's not it you know that's a dumb opinion there's no such thing as a terrible country it's just terrible direction and terrible people and terrible leaders but <laughs> <laughs> Like the stories, though, the way that with the Brujas, where we had people that like stories my wife would tell me, stories I read online of turning your clothes backwards to avoid being caught by a bruja, stories of the <laughs> vampire tree in Mexico, or, you know, the sequoia, the creature that flies around with its guts hanging out, or it's just a head flying around, and other countries having super similar monsters. It's just crazy how everything ties together. I mean, even, like, Germany and Mexico having something similar in El Cucuy. Yeah, which is kind of weird. Wasn't expecting that one, actually. 
No, and I mean, cause, I mean, if you wanted like get super, like I said in that episode, like Germans went to Brazil, which is in South America, but like Brazilians and Mexicans don't get along. No, they don't. No, and neither do Salvadorians, <laughs> Mexicans, or Mexicans and Mexicans. Is how it goes. But <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like there's yeah. all kinds of cool stories. Like when we we're talking about um, was the Jersey the Jersey Devil with this season, I believe, and the Jersey Devil having the Native Americans having a river dragon that was super similar to a Japanese river dragon, and just like there's all kinds of cool stories. And this year, you know, this season definitely brought back my skepticism down. Now, I unfortunately am not a huge fan of the Warrens anymore. Like, I, I'll, I'll watch all the Conjuring movies, but after like reading their book, The Demonologist, which is a really good read. But then hearing of all the ways that they kind of scammed people was just like, shit. We need fucking Houdini. Oh, yeah. We need we needed Houdini at the time. You know, but like Ed and Lorraine Warren would drive around the people's houses and be like, hey, I painted your house. It's haunted. We can clear it for you. That's how they got their start. Yeah, that doesn't sound, that sounds fake. Doesn't sound great. But to be fair, Ed Warren is legitimately the only non-ordained Catholic person that was able to perform exorcism. So they had to eventually, maybe they started off as scammy and then got good at what they were doing, were able to actually get rid of ghosts. But I don't know, you know, like I've got really skeptical because of all the research we've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's good, though, that you and I are becoming more skeptical and stuff like that, or even less skeptical, because some shit is not real. But there's a lot of questionable things out there, especially when you could tie the entire fucking world to it, too, just how Chris was explaining. So I'm loving it. I you know love what, every single part of it. You know what's also reduced my skepticism is TikTok. This is going to sound dumb and, like, like millennial-ish or, like, Gen Z-ish, like... I'm not, I mean, we're all, we are millennials, but like all the ghost videos on TikTok that, you know, I share to the, to the broadcast network that we have on Telegram or to you and me, like there's a lot of videos on there that are like ghost videos, UFO videos. And some of them, yeah, are like fake as hell, but there's like two or three where it's like, you get that, like that lightning bolt in the back of your neck and you're just like, oh shit. Yeah. You know, you're laying there at night and you're just scrolling through TikTok and you find a ghost channel and you're just scrolling through. I'm just like laying there like creeping myself out i'm in this new <laughs> mobile home and i don't old restored mobile home but i haven't really like had any issues like i did with my apartment like when like we first moved into my apartment doors would slam or close or lights would randomly turn off like here we're not having no any, any issues or none that i've heard of or been told of and hopefully it stays that way because i don't you know <laughs> For real, though. Like, because I know for a fact people died here. Oh, yeah. I, no, I know that for a fact. My, uh, my, my, um, my mom's stepmom died here. Mm. So I know, and recently. So I know for a fact that people died here, but we're not having no ghost issues, which is freaking awesome. For now. For now. Or ever. It would be nice, but then we won't have content, Chris. You keep the ghost. You, you got content at your house. You keep your ghost. <laughs> Keep that going. Like I said, we'll be back in probably February. We're going to try Slap Allegedly Down. Uh, season three will be Tales of the Campfire. You know, me and Lenny will have some new stuff going on. It'll be a fun season. It's going to be mostly ghost stories. I know we, we did a lot of like random here and there, left and right, up and down stuff, but we're going to do mostly ghost stories next season. Hell yeah. I can't Lenny's wait for gonna it. Lenny's going to have a few more grab sacks going on. I am going to try to make a Hollow Screams part three because really, I'm really liking the Hollow Screams series for some reason. Yeah, if we if we can get another episode out before Halloween or right after Halloween, that's totally fine. Hell yeah. I'm down to do that, and that'll be fun stuff to do. Um, I'm going to be working on allegedly here and there. Lenny might shoot me some stuff, and I'll edit it for him if he wants me to. For sure. Well, we're both going to be hella busy. Yeah, we're going to be hella busy. So if we're not, we're not. If we are, we are. Um, we're working on other projects. Um, 
I'm going to be streaming here soon when I have time if I'm not super busy. Some of that Overwatch. Another podcast with the boys. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Hopefully. A lot of laggers. <laughs> I think I'm kind of lagging it, though, if I remember yeah. right. Yeah, well, we, you know, we're trying to, you know, we're working on three different schedules, you know, four different schedules technically, but three different schedules of the main group. So, it, you know, it's hard to do. And we just got to work it out. Yeah. Make it happen, Captain. You know what I'm saying? Make it happen, Captain. But so far, what you got any recommendations for the spooky season before we sign off for the last time? Uh, Please watch the Chucky series. Is that what you want me to say? But whatever. You know, this is your time to shine, homie. You got any, like, horror recommendations? Anything you want to talk about horror-wise? Um... No, the only thing horror wise I've been watching has been Chucky, the new season. I'm still loving it. Uh, even though the last episode was kind of questionable, don't know what the hell's going on. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything, so but a little questionable now. But I'm gonna give it a, a next week another try, see what's up. I still want to watch the entire season, but the season one was great. Season two is still going on, and I'm still liking it. And yeah. I think that's about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you guys want to have some fun, you know, this season, go check out The Shining. That's a good horror movie. Go check out. Oh, who haven't who haven't seen The Shining? Ah, uh, you know what? Uh, a couple people that I know I've had to show recently, which is weird to me. Well, wow, dude. Like, Shining's big. Yeah. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original. That's a oh. good one you got to check out. Um, a lot of people like Sinister. I think that's an okay movie. I don't know if you've ever seen Sinister. No, a lot of people have been talking about that movie Smile, too. Uh, I heard it was okay. I heard it was jump scare the movie. I heard it wasn't very... Yeah, I heard it was like more like jump scares than anything. I, I, don't, I don't... Jump scares are cheap. It's okay to have a couple, but when it becomes like every other fucking <laughs> scene is like, car, car, ah. It's like, come uh. on. You're relying, you're relying on fucking surprise, and there's nothing scary about a jump scare. You know what I mean? Like, like a true horror movie that can leave you scared without it being a jump scare, just by like the sheer like gravity of the evil in the movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. In like when in The Exorcist, there's a few jump scares, right? But a lot of the more like famous scenes aren't jump scares. Like when she crab walks down the the stairs. Yeah, it's an iconic scene. It's an iconic scene, but it's not a jump scare. It's not like she like screams real loud. She's not like she like fucking jumps out of the closet. She just like you see her and looks up and it's just her walking backwards or upside down ish. I forget how to explain it. And like a spider crawl down the but upside down. Yeah, and then throws up blood and then fucking bounces right. Pretty much. Or like um, when Reagan is, you know, she's being flopped and messing her back up. Like the actual actress, her back up for the rest of her life from that scene where she's being flopped because she's actually on a hydraulic lift going pop, 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 pop. Yeah. She, yeah. I remember her telling about that. Linda Blair. Yeah. Linda Blair messed her back up from that scene. But it was creepy and disturbing because it wasn't a jump scare. It was her getting slapped around by the devil. Yeah. Like Zuzu, whatever you choose to subscribe to. But there's, <laughs> there's movies like that where you don't need jump scares and those are the better movies. I swear it is, dude. I'm about to drop some hateful comment right now, but if a movie relies on gore, it's not a scary movie. That's true. I believe that. I like the gore in the movies, but over over much is just like eh. I don't mind a gore a movie with some gore if it fits the character like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre has a lot of gore but it's not a gore porn it's not like some like disgusting like it's not Saw it's not I don't know if you ever seen the movie Terrorizer with Art the Clown <laughs> nah so it started from VHS I believe is where he got his start oh um, he's a serial killer clown. Uh, but he got his own movie, and they're making a second one. And it's just like it's just gore porn. Like it's like it's uncomfortable and it's creepy. And I'd say check it out because it is definitely a scary movie. But it just relies too heavily on the gore. Like he saws a woman in half, but like not from the top. Oh, how you doing? Yeah, 
it's really it's really gory and gross. But like, there's some creepy parts. Like he wears a woman's skin. Oh, like Leatherface. And the way he's walking around in that, like, no, not like Leatherface. Leatherface at least like his skin looks dead and decomposed and cured. This is fresh skin he skinned and put on, and it looks the way he walks is just gross. But then you have movies like Carrie, which ultimately isn't super scary. There's a lot of buildup, but there's a lot of iconic stuff. Like when the pig blood drops on her, it's not a jump scare. She and she kills everyone with her mind. Mm-hmm. Or that like screwed up walk when she's walking slowly through the town. Yeah. You know they filmed that in reverse? Oh, did they? Yeah, so she's not actually walking forward. She's walking backwards. And then they ADR'd it to make her look like she's walking forward. Oh, that's And dope. that's why it's that super slow, creepy, like, unnatural-looking walk. See, I think that's what the scary things are, is seeing the unnatural happen in front of your eyes. Yeah, the stuff that's not ultimately unbelievable. Like, seeing, like, a demon in the top corner of your room, like, oh, that's scary, right? But when something looks out of place and wrong, that's even scarier. Yeah, if it's not supposed to be there. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm so looking forward to, like, uh, the key, the uh, the Peel movies, the George and Peel movies like he did um us nope and I forget get out was the first one I seen the get out and I think I've seen Us too. Nope is good. I just seen it recently. Nope is it's it's good, but it's it's like one of those one and done movies. If you figure it out, if you don't figure it out, you can definitely go back and watch it. Ah, uh, okay, I got you. But I like his movies, and I like that he doesn't rely on super over the top jump scares. Like there's a few, but they're not like crazy. And his movies are thinkers. Yeah, his movies are thinkers. You really got. I kind of like the mysterious horror shit too. I feel like that has a place inside the scary movies. Oh hell yeah! And there, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having like a movie that's like over the top gory that you like. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm not saying you can't or that you're wrong for it, but I'm saying like movies that rely too heavily on jump scares and gores don't make great horror movies. Gotta have a little bit of everything. Like that's why the first Paranormal Activity was so good because it was a jump scare movie that nobody had ever seen before. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they made eight sequels and they were all fucking terrible but yeah Garbo. they were still good like they had their place you know what i mean like and then vhs came in saved a bat vhs was dope you know then you have like older horror movies like the birds i don't I think i know that, that one, one. no it's really it's it's not good but it's good it's like if you compared to movies today it sucks but like back in the day it was good basically for no reason at all this town's birds start killing everyone and it's like a, it's like considered a hitchcock masterpiece like on par with psycho oh shit man shout out to psycho man yeah it's another good one. Oh, dude i'm surprised they never remade that shit. oh they did uh, with a shit multiple times yeah really shit once was vince vaughn um the guy from wedding crashers <laughs> why the hell are they <laughs> i I don't know. They did. They've done. They've done a lot of stuff with it. Oh, well, shit. I haven't even heard about all the rest. It's just how shit it was then, I guess. Yeah, and then horror. Horror has a weird comedy connotation too. There's a lot of horror comedies come up that are really good, like Evil Dead Two. Like that's like it's supposed to be like not a comedy, but it, it really falls hard into the comedy, you know, era. Um, Cabin in the Woods. I don't know if you ever seen that one. I think I seen that one. Where like um, it's a group of teenagers and they're betting on how they're gonna die. Because they have to sacrifice some every, uh, group of teenagers every year. Oh, yeah. What was that one with the? Uh, uh, they're like in a cabin, but the shit was just basically like an AI game. That's Cabin in the Woods. Okay, so yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah, where like there's different there's different things that could happen, whether it be zombies or werewolves or deadites or crazy inbred. Yeah. Yeah. That was actually not bad. No, and there's a lot of movies like that where, like, it kind of falls into the comedy, kind of goofy. Like, remember the Blair Witch Project? Like, people didn't know if those teens were dead or not. They've sold it so well. 
And now that we're older, it's definitely more of a comedy because you see the chicken bones instead of the real bones. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, okay, it makes sense. And all the, when the, even those movies were making fun of the Blair Witch with the snot coming down the nose and shit. Yeah. And, it, you know, some movies are so iconic that they recreate scenes all the time. Yeah. And you have movies like, um, I don't know, like Jaws was considered a really good horror movie for its time. The book is terrible. I want to consider Jaws horror. We talked about this before. If you ever think like, the book is worth reading is always better like you're usually right but the book jaws is so bad it's so so bad um the movie is like the one of the very few times where the movie was better because the movie like took the same premise as the book and was like we're gonna go not that way with it. <laughs> uh like the wife is a whore she cheats on him with the with the scientists multiple times in the book um all kinds of terrible shit in the book the book is really bad so it's like not even relevant to actual jaws no shark. no there's no there's a whole there's a whole like 30 40 pages of the wife getting dolled up to go meet the scientist in another town over not near the ocean <laughs> it's a book about a fucking shark and <laughs> you're not even you're not even near the ocean dude you got other like horror action movies like the thing that's a really good one everybody i think i remember hearing about the thing or the blob the blob's all right the blob's the blob's another example of a good like creature feature that you know more people should be checking out but if you haven't seen the thing you need to go check it out I don't um, think I have actually. It's got Kurt Russell, so that's a plus. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's body horror. It's that one gets gory, but they, you know, the gore is on a decent level. I want to go see that. They had a Saw movie a couple years ago. I didn't see that one. I actually want to see that one too. I don't mind those ones, but they get kind of wild, like after like the second one or something. Here's here's my thing, and there's no disrespect to people like the Saw, right? But if you've seen one, you've seen them all. That's true. Like. They follow the same format of why is Jigsaw torturing this person? This person that you think is going to survive dies. And then they go to the real main character. Then that main character survives and then somehow becomes a villain later in the series. <laughs> Saw 1 through 22. <laughs> I, I know like I'm over here shitting on somebody's favorite movie. And don't let me yuck your yum. If you like the Saw movie, I'm wrong and you're right. You know what I mean? <laughs> don't let me yuck your yum. Yeah, don't let me yuck your yum. You know, if, if you like if you like gore porn and that's your favorite type of movie or that's scary to you, that's scary to you. You know what I mean? What's scary to me isn't scary to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Lynn Deasley, blood freaks me out. Not fake horror movie blood, but like real life blood. You're over here like, hey, you want to see a fucked <laughs> up video? I'm like, nope, <laughs> I do not. Uh, I always send Chris videos. I had actually, I felt, I felt so bad that I actually stopped. Because I know it was starting to affect him a little bit. I appreciate it because I'm like, I didn't want to wake up and see somebody's brains today, but here we are. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with it. That's you, that you dig that shit as long as you're not like, you know, choking yourself to it over good. Oh, hell no. That's too gross. I choked the chicken for But this has been season two. It's been fun. I look forward to season three, Tales by the Campfire, Tales of the Campfire. We'll we'll, <laughs> we'll tie down a name as soon as we get it figured out. I still you like know, Tales of the Campfire. We'll season, two, season two brought us the Mystery Mallard. I don't, I, you know what I mean? Like, you started putting in duck noises over cursing, which you thought was funny. And I was like, you know, leave it, f it. Let's do that. And now we got the mystery mallard right there with Dope Squatch from season one. Yep. Who knows? Maybe we'll have uh, another one in season three. You never know. Yeah. Well, we're going to give mystery mallard his due and let him sit around mainstay for a while before we replace him. But see, halfway through season three, like when the mystery mallard started in season two, we might bring in a new cryptid, a new creature, a new homie to chill with. Yeah. Uh, mystery mallard just came out of nowhere. It was fun. That was fun fun just hearing them go whack <laughs> doing his thing doing his thing you know protecting the virgin ears and all he does <laughs> you know we had some highs we had some lows we got you know 
this season we got to get interviewed by Tony Merkel of the Confessionals. This is so dope. Crazy dope. That was fun to talk to him. He gave us tons of advice. He was really nice. Um, we got to interview a man who is abducted by aliens, which I truly believe him. Great-ass episode, Alex. Yeah, shout out to Alex there, dude. It's still one of our top five episodes. Oh, yeah. Lenny, our top five episodes come from this season. Thanks to Lenny with his Greenbrier ghost. He kicked ass with that episode. That was a top fiver. Yeah, I didn't know that was going to be a top five, but everybody liked that one. Number no, The number one played, though, is La Llorona. That was a fun episode. Hell yeah, dude. That was a good episode. Season two was great. Season three is going to be better. Hell yeah, we're going to make it better. We're going to do all what we can here. If you want to find us, you can find us on the Facebooks and the Instagrams and TikToks at Mystery Kink. You can email us if you have any suggestions, comments, concerns. You want to join the pod, you're more than welcome to. You want to be a part of the pod, let us know. You can email us at mysterykink2021 at gmail.com. You can find us on the Telegrams at Kink, or Kink Mystery, that's the Twitter. You can find us on the Telegrams at Mystery Kink Broadcast Network. Len Daisley slap us with that Twitter. Uh, Twitter, you can hit us up at Kink Mystery. You can also DM, DM us on there. And if you want to talk instead of just sending us an email, you can just hit us up on there. We can even make an episode that way as well. All right. And until February, your mystery is our king. Have a good night, everybody. Have a good night.